0: what's up this is johnny tacos here with a taco tuesday testimonial i have here angela quinteros a uh, christian life coach motivational mentor educationer leader confident and real woman of god wife mother to three boys before she comes up and tells us her awesome christian testimony um uh, just want to let y'all know that we do have the, um, independence from addiction through metal, uh, special coming up in July 4th, which would be an hour and a half of music worship and hopefully, uh, some chains broken from addiction because I know addiction is a very, very hard topic to talk about, especially since there is a, um, a huge variant of different types of addictions you can have. So we'll have that coming up uh, on July 4th. And the end of June, I'll have my Bone Ministries special. It's a motorcycle ministry brotherhood uh, that caters to to men who are trying to be closer to God to become great men for not only for themselves, but for their wives, their children, and for their brothers. So, uh, look forward to that, but let's get some intro music, uh, before I have our guest on today. So here we go. All right. All right. All right. Welcome back. Hey, Angela, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, Johnny. Thanks for having me on.
0: So tell us a little something about you. you. You are a let's see a whole bunch of of things all in one i'm over here reading i'm like how can you have all these uh these um these badges of honor that that you're you're able to carry on it's pretty awesome
1: yeah thank you well um the 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 biggest part i guess in career wise would be my career in education and then all the other things those badges that you spoke of those are just pieces of me that um that are who i am you know the mom part of i'm a mom to three boys 14 11 and 17. so they keep us super busy and and laughing hysterically and sometimes pulling our hair out all of those things um, and then I'm also a wife, uh, we're going on about to celebrate our 19th wedding anniversary.
0: Congratulations. And
1: thank you. Yeah. It's exciting. Um, he, my husband's actually from Guatemala. So that's another part of my story of just, um, being married in a, like bicultural, uh, relationship and raising kids that way here in California, where I'm from. And, um, And through all of that, of just the combination of like the challenges of being married in a different culture and raising kids that way, and then also being sort of the primary breadwinner for us from the beginning on, um, that jump-started my career in education to be honest, it was more of a career of convenience um, because I had taught while I was living in Guatemala, where my husband's from. And so that was my first post-college real job. And um, when, we decided, when we got married and decided to move back to California so that he could sort of experience my culture a little bit and live here, um, going back to school for what I originally thought master's degree in psychology and the pathway that I thought I was supposed to be on, Um, God had a different plan for me. And he was like, no, you know what, you're going to do this teaching thing. Like, that's where I want you right now. And, um, and, you know, there was the convenient part of it. If I can get my credential in 18 months and have a real job with benefits and all the things that a starting a family starting out needs. (laughs) So,
0: so uh, uh, must've been a cultural shock for, for him to come to uh, California. Even though there is a huge uh, uh, Guatemalan um, uh, little city in there, in there, in in there, like a little uh, place where there's a lot of people from Guatemala, there, did it kind of make them feel like home, or, or were you in, located in a different part of California?
1: We're in a different part. We're not too far from where um, there's sort of like clusters of, Guata- of other Central American families, like you're saying, Guatemala, El Salvador, um, different uh, people from Central America. A lot of, have gathered in Los Angeles, some in the San Francisco Bay Area, um, a little bit more common in the Sacramento, like the larger cities. And we're, um, we came back to where I grew up, which is a smaller farming town, uh, about an hour and a half away from any of those Sacramento or San Francisco cities. I'm kind of in the middle of Central Valley, California. So yeah, huge culture shock for him. Um, the Spanish speaking part wasn't too bad because there's a large Hispanic population of mostly Mexican families in this area. So the language part wasn't too bad. It was just the the culture piece of, yeah, um, being, a, getting used to um, just, I guess, how you could say my very white family does things.
0: <laughs> Yeah. And
1: and and the in some in his, you know, probably from his perspective, the lack of involvement and lack of support that the average American family may have in comparison to Latin American families where everything stays together and the mother and father patriarchs like kind of stay in their kids lives all through adulthood. Um, So that was a different experience. Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah, so so it was pretty uh, pretty different for you to go over there too to stay over there. So, uh, is so has he acclimated uh, pretty pretty well into there?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's been um, some rough patches, and um, that's you know part of my overall testimony of becoming of when becoming a life coach and me working with the women that I work with and my I guess you could say target audience of who I know I'm called to serve um and that's part of that story is just like going through so many different challenges in our marriage because of those cultural differences um and sometimes I'm fluent in Spanish but even then there's communication barriers too right like he might say something and he's saying it in english which has now become our dominant language in our household but he's saying it the way that he would say it in spanish and so it doesn't always translate with the same meaning and then it offends me (laughs) (laughs) so we have those things of like okay but even if you said this was in spanish it still would not really be very nice (laughs) so we have had those types of things and just you know viewpoints on raising kids um a little bit of viewpoints on on faith. Uh, he was raised Catholic and I was raised sort of more non-denominational Christian. So that concept of like a relationship with God and being able to approach him in, in prayer and in conversation is something that's not familiar to my husband. That's something that, um, so when I talk openly about, I feel God is leading us to blah, 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 you know, then that has, has had some interesting, um, you know, plot twists to whenever we have conversations about life changes, changes and things like that. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up in a, uh, Spanish neighborhood where it's a uh, very Catholic. And so I understand the, uh, the clashes between, cause I was raised Baptist mm-hmm. and I grew up in a Catholic neighborhood. So it was, it was uh, a little strange occurrences, but Hey, I, I enjoyed it. I love the, uh, i love the people i love the food you know it's just it's that's why my name is tacos you know i (laughs) um so but yeah i am so happy that y'all finally y'all met each other and y'all have a place in california you know god has really called to you to do that um so let's talk about how you grew up um in your little farm town in california i can't believe i said farm town in california Uh, when i think of california i think of uh movie stars and beverly (laughs) hillbillies and stuff like that and you know nothing like farming
1: oh california is full of farmland the movie stars just get a little teeny tiny corner of los angeles (laughs) in all reality Um, but yeah, so growing up for me, I mean, I guess that is where some of the similarities and what my husband and I value when it comes to just life in general is that we both grew up in that sort of like work hard, go what you're, go for what you go after what you want, but be willing to put in the work for it and his family is also farmers but again in guatemala and then my family um, has a big farming background um not directly my own parents my mom's actually a nurse and my dad was mostly a realtor growing up um but grandma's aunts uncles grandparents they all had farmland and so it's just a it's a very wholesome way to grow up growing up in the country um you didn't we didn't have the same I don't know for lack of better word, exposure or temptations as many of the other students that I went to school with had when they lived quote unquote in town, (laughs) uh, air quotes for all of the listeners that can't see my fingers right now.
0: (laughs) We'll we'll, Um, we'll make a, we'll make a little sound effects.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. And so, you know, I mean, we, we grew up like climbing trees and caring for animals and having chores and responsibilities and, and just kind of like doing pretty much whatever we could or wanted to do to entertain ourselves but this was there was no like cable tv out in the country back then i mean i'm i'm 42 so i'm i grew up in the 80s 90s so i'm not so so old but yes i did just recently find out when my son did a history project that I am officially part of history apparently because in 1998 I guess is when Google was first invented and I was like (laughs) "Oh, when I graduated high school so apparently this is in your history books now
0: (laughs) well you know I graduated that time too so if you're a relic I'm a relic we'll just be proud of it
1: yeah yeah so you know I mean there's that of Yes, it was a smaller town, so I was more naturally sheltered and protected that way. But also, too, it was before social media and before that age of connectedness. So, um, yeah, so how, we, how we've how we been raised and how we're raising our kids are very, very different um, just because of the times, you know.
0: Yeah, and we're living in a world where it's so much easier for people to, for kids to, to get bad, uh, you know, the bad stuff of life instead of, you know, being whos- raised wholesome to work hard and all and everything. They they go, well, I'm watching TikTok or Facebook and all these people are getting famous for doing some, uh, God for, uh, forgive me, but some idiotic things. You, you mm-hmm. see it on there and, and you're seeing young kids and they're mimicking that instead of mimicking the the structure of the family and that's uh it's getting harder and harder to be that teacher in the household when you have so many other electronic teachers everywhere else
1: yeah yeah i it's i mean as my you know um it's my day it's part of my daily prayer of just like how, God, how can I make this connection for my kids so that they can see the value in a relationship with you and a focus on like your word and your direction for their life and drown out all of the noise from the world that they're surrounded with 24 seven. And it's just not practical for me to like say that they can't have phones, you know, they're 17, 14 and 11, and they walk to and from school by themselves. So there's a lot of reasons why as a family, we've agreed to let them have phones, but uh, along with that comes that sort of like constant noise from the world.
0: Yeah. And I remember when I was a kid, I was like eight years old, walking to school. My mom didn't care. She goes, just make sure you're home before the lights come on or you'll hear my voice. And and her voice carried her. Vo- yeah. You can hear her voice a couple of blocks away. So when, when you heard that voice go, it's time to go home. But I guess uh, they say we lived in a simpler time back then. Uh, boy, I am actually showing my age as well. <laughs> so uh, 19 years in the education. Uh, so you were a teacher. W- where did you teach?
1: Yeah, so I started out as an elementary school teacher. Um, I taught in, it's a little town called Escalon. It's the town I grew up in. So it was a small Um, kindergarten through fifth grade school there was pretty much only one teacher per grade level and um, so I taught a second grade class and then I had what's called a two-three combo so I had actually half second graders and half third graders in the room at the same time and then that was so then to I think it was 2007 or two yeah about 2007 when that when another Recession kind of hit and um, teachers all over were getting what's called pink slipped, where you were put basically put on notice that you weren't guaranteed a job for the following school year. And I was lumped into that group of like first, hi- uh, last hired, first fired.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh, so I found myself um, pregnant with our first child and looking for a job. And um, no, I wasn't. I I can't remember which child it was, but the time, the years start to blur together when they get as old as they are. But anyhow, um, I then transferred, um, I have an experience as a volleyball player, avid volleyball player, and I was assisting my previous high school coach at the time. And then I was given the opportunity to become a varsity volleyball coach for a local Catholic private school. And when I turned in my resume, they saw that I was also fluent in Spanish and that I had credentials as a teacher, even though they were technically to teach at the elementary level. In California, when you are a private school, um, credentials like that aren't as necessary and you can kind of get around some of that stuff. So they hired me to be their Spanish teacher. (laughs) So I actually taught high school Spanish for seven years and um, also coached volleyball for the high school. And while I was there, I had opportunities to demonstrate my leadership skills. And as I kind of um, gave the audience a little preview, education and teaching was never my true calling. It was more of convenience, and it was like this is this is it for now. But I always knew this was not it forever. Like this was not my passion that I will pursue until the day I retire. I've always known that, and. Um, so I found myself sort of looking forward to these meetings with the adults and the planning side of education and the sort of problem-solving side of education and was encouraged to pursue that and so I got a master's degree and a a credential to be an administrator and um, began to the switch over out of the classroom and into administration so my last five years in education were as an elementary school principal. So I went back to my elementary roots and um, led a school of about 600 students and approximately 60 staff here in Modesto, California. It's a big-ish city um, in the Central Valley.
0: So so did you walk around with the paddle? Because I remember my, my elementary uh, school teacher, he used to walk around with the paddle and he would have the he would have his last name on the paddle it was it was like a oak paddle so you know it really stang when and mm-hmm. i'm not saying i got licks all the time but i did get licks and i you know i'm a very firm believer in uh, corporal punishment you know someone's acting up but we live in that age where they had to retire the uh, the paddle so i don't i don't think you
1: definitely no i came into education on the teaching side of it post paddle
0: (laughs) (laughs) so but but you um you just did the education just because you know it's a it's a good place to flourish and you know get some um financial um you know financial help and to to like your, uh foundation so what where did uh, uh life coaching come in did it come in during that time where you were meeting up with the parents and and or church
1: no life coaching literally entered the scene probably about um, about a year and a half ago now um This is, so we're in um, October 2020, and I've just started a second school year in the middle of a pandemic without students on campus. So, you know, we ended the 2019-2020 school year from March on with students being sent home, and then summer passed, we were all optimistic. Literally, we thought we were getting students back until two days before I was back on contract for the new school year. And then we find out that we don't get to have students. We have to pivot again and be prepared to pass out Chromebooks and have curriculum all designed to be done from home. And my staff is gonna to get to work from home too. They negotiated that. So here I am, it's October. we were now August, September, October, three months into that scenery. And it's literally just me, the secretary and the custodian showing up to campus every day. (laughs) And I am walking around and I'm just like, God, like, come on, there has got to be more for me than this. I don't know how much longer I can do this. And I'm kind of doing the math, right? I'm like, shoot, I 65 is when I can maximize out on my pension and like finally take it out with no penalties that's 20 years, you know, 20 plus years from now. It's like, I can't, I don't even know if I can do this for one more year, let alone 20. Like, where are we going with this, God? And we were just having these conversations. And um, he did his thing that only God can do. And he put someone else's market research Facebook posts into my world on social media. And Um, my mom of all people is the one who was like, Hey, I've worked for this lady and she's leaving hospital corporate to launch her own business as a business coach. And, um, so I basically, I signed up for her market research call and that one hour conversation planted the seed of thinking about life outside of education. Cause the, her key question was like, if you could do anything, um, and it was, and money didn't really matter. What would it be? And life coach is one of the things that came to my mind because, as an administrator, coaching my staff, I was—that's how I was taught to lead. I was taught to lead from a coaching perspective, and that you coach people. Well, it does. This does, it may not sound very nice, but it's true. You coach them up, or you coach them out. You have your standards for excellence, and you have your standards for this is how we teach kids at this school this is how we treat kids at this school and you can get on with that and I can coach you up to be the best version of that that you can be or if you're not on board with the way that we run things then I'm going to coach you out and you're not going to want to be here anymore
0: because
1: <laughs> it's just not a fit you know um, and so coaching was something that is that I had done professionally it's something I have a knack for I one of my strengths I would say is looking at a a scenario or looking at a big picture and being able to see the different perspectives of it and being able to bridge the gap between for example at the time the teaching side of things and the parent side of things of what parents say they want what teachers say they need or want and then how do i bridge that so that everybody kind of has a version that they're happy with um and so That, and then the other hat I always used to joke that I wore all the time as a principal was my counseling hat. And life coaching kind of combines both of those things, right? Like you do a little bit of counseling to encourage and motivate the person to find it within themselves to make these transformations and changes. But then you also have that coaching side of like, it's all in you. My job is to ask the right questions to pull it out of you and have you see that for yourself so that you then... Um, embrace it and embody it and it becomes a part of who you are not something that i just told you to do if that makes sense
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i I understand it's like i i have the the clay in my hand and i know it's it could look like a bowl well you know you, you haven't seen the way when i did clay uh me and my wife we went to a clay place uh my my definition of a bow might not be suitable for other people's definitions of a bow but um so you're saying that you know you the person is the clay you're the one to find that piece of pottery out of that clay right that that you know that they have in them so Mm -hmm. i i try to i try to be all metaphoric and all that so i i see if that goes goes well you're
1: yeah, you're essentially right. It's allowing them to mold it and discover for themselves what shape that bowl should take versus like guiding them, grabbing their hands and directing them so that it has to look a certain way.
0: So yeah. do you, um, do you use your Christianity with your life coach? Cause I know a lot of life coaches, they, they tend to be in a neutral part. Uh, they don't tend to go towards religion they, they pretty much go towards uh, boosting the person up with positivity. Or...
1: Pretty much for me, if you're going to work with me, you are a believer on some level. You, you may not be um, in the strongest walk with God at that stage in your life, but you believe in God. And you are absolutely okay with me because Christ is the center of my business. I mean... That was one thing that became clear to me as I was leaving education and building my coaching business. I originally targeted women in leadership because it's a hard job to be in a leadership level position and be a woman and be oftentimes also be a mom and you feel so torn. So I was originally targeting women in leadership and then it wasn't very faith based um, because I was you know, targeting like corporate type places where I could go in and do <laughs> workshops for them and that just was not settling and it wasn't taking off i wasn't getting any clients i was having struggling with like the messaging and like how do i attract these people and talk to them and then it became clear to me that um you know god just told me he was like i'm not in it like i brought i brought you to this place but yet i'm not in this so where that's where your disconnect is at we got to change that and so, um, then I actually signed up for my own coaching program. So I have a coach who, it's a Christ-centered coaching program, and that has really helped me determine and clarify that my ideal client is a Christian woman. And when I say Christian, that's like I said, it can be at all stages of faith. She may not yet be in a place where, where she reads her Bible daily or prays to God as though it's a conversation, but. She does believe in God and she's open to the idea of growing her faith to solve the problems she's currently experiencing, which is mostly um, for my clients. It's usually like burnout and just sheer overwhelm from trying to do all the things and keep everybody happy and balance the schedules and do the work and do the mom thing and do the wife thing. And, you know, because she's trying to do it on her own power and not connecting to the higher power of God and and filling herself with his presence and his peace, she's burnt out. She's burnt to a crisp. (laughs) (laughs) And so we got to bring back God back into the picture. So yeah, it's absolutely, it's a foundation for my coaching. And uh, yeah, we won't, we won't, we won't work together. If you're not, if you're not on board with God being a part of it.
0: (laughs) And uh, like you were saying, you know, God has to be a big part of it. And that's for any um, man or woman, you know, if you don't put your, your faith in God and let God take the wheel. You know, like the yeah. Trisha isn't it Tricia Yerwood? Carrie Underwood. Carrie Jesus. Underwood. <laughs> I, I'm not a. I'm like you're in Texas and you don't listen to country. All my wife does the country part. She can do the country part. But uh, you know, you let him take the wheel, and to to guide you, you're going to be burned out. I've I've seen it with pastors. I've seen it with uh, with uh, counselors, people that I work with they're just mentally drained because they're thinking, what can I do to do this? What can I, who can I be to make me happy? Which the only thing you can be happy is if you put, if you feel, you know, you, you feel your life with, with the presence of the Lord. And, and he's the one that gets the, uh, gets the ball going to get you to energize. Cause you know, you can't just live off a of Red Bull.
1: Nope.
0: <laughs> so, so, um, being um so you've been a christian all your life right you lived uh with a christian family you know your, your family yeah
1: so yeah i was talking a little bit about that i was raised and uh i mean the church we attended all growing up was called first baptist church but it wasn't a very baptist church in the sense it was more non-denominational christian um but yeah i grew up um we attended church But for us, it was more of a formality and more of a like, this is what we do and not as I didn't see it put in practice a lot in my parents in the home. It was more of like, oh, we go, we go to God, we go to church, we go to Bible study, we go to this, we go to Wednesday night youth group, but God didn't really come home with us very much, (laughs) if that makes sense. So I always I mean I was like I had this knowledge and I had this this understanding of what it meant to to be a Christian I guess you could say and I gave my life to Christ when I was 9 um and I had some great youth pastors that taught me about um you know discernment and the concept of spiritual warfare and things like that um but it was not a part of me to the point that when i left all of that for college and it was my decision to to pursue god or pursue a relationship with him that i did that. So for all of college i didn't attend attend a church. Um i would occasionally pray or open my bible but it was like those random moments of either sadness or loneliness or desperation of you know being away from your family and college and stuff and so you go to something that's familiar to you. Um But there was definitely a pretty decent chunk of life where I had drifted um, from God. And then it wasn't really until probably until or pretty close to like when I got married and just that concept of like starting your own family that I was brought back to the importance of the role that he needed to play in my life. And even then we started the family, life got busy and God and I grew distant again, because like I said, my husband and I, that's been one of our things. We have, we're both Christians, we both believe in God, but we have different ways of what that should look like or expectations of of what that means. And I wasn't really a big fan of attending Catholic masses, and he was not really a big fan of attending um, Christian churches and not having the formality of mass and the predictability yeah. of mass and the quietness of mass. <laughs> <laughs> and so we didn't attend we struggled to find churches that we both could enjoy and so it was never really a priority for us and then um, you know we would kind of ebb and flow we'd have times in our life where we came to God because we we quote-unquote needed him and we knew there was no other solution than through God and that would bring us closer and then we drift a little bit and so kind of this ebb and flow until until literally that period when God was connecting me and calling me out of my career in education and into this career of life coaching is really when my relationship and my husband's openness to that relationship and starting to see how God really does provide for us when we are obedient to him. That has come to life for both of us of just that one act of faith of turning in that resignation letter with nothing nothing to fall back on in terms of I didn't have a job with a steady paycheck lined up. I didn't have anything lined up other than I had a coach who was going to teach me how to become an entrepreneur and start a life coaching business.
0: <laughs> so, okay. Uh, what I want to go back to, because uh, we only have a few more minutes left, um, You you help out... Uh, ladies that 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 need that need help is there a place where they can contact you are you are you um, available to talk to people from well we'll say new york or chicago or any other state uh, are you i don't know how the uh, life coach if you're licensed only to stay in one one state or
1: Yeah, no, there's, um, there's no license or certification required to be a life coach. It's more of, um, of qualities and life experiences and education that, um, you know, as people get to know you, they determine like, yeah, this will be a good fit for me. So I, I can work with clients from anywhere all over the world. Anywhere in the US, Um, the programs that I've launched so far have all been kind of hybrid programs of where we meet on Zoom um, as a group. And then I do either whatever their preferred method is for the follow-up individual session. It could be Zoom again, or it could be um, FaceTime, Messenger, you know, whatever platform they prefer. Um, So that part's really easy. And then I also do in-person stuff um, for people who are local, you know, in my opinion, in person is the most powerful, but it absolutely transformation can happen through zoom sessions and uh, through the camera, you know, the pandemic has taught us that that anything yeah. is possible. <laughs> with technology now.
0: Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so Facebook is where most people find me. Um, I have a Facebook group specifically for the Christian mom who is just like that in that overwhelmed, really busy season of life. It's called Christian moms breaking free. Um, and then also just my own public profile uh, profile on Facebook, Angela Quinteros, will direct you to all those different places. Um, I have Instagram, uh, at Angela Quinteros Coaching, um, but I'm most active on Facebook. I'm still dabbling in the Instagram world and learning all the reels and all that different kind of stuff. So I'm most active in Facebook and I support the women in the group um, with daily posting and videos and teaching that happens there.
0: So. which uh, you know if y'all if y'all don't like to rewind my shows to get down all the information uh, it will be located at the bottom of of the uh podcast so you'll you'll see her um her facebook group um an email uh contact email as well as her facebook and instagram so uh we'll get that all set up for for the ladies over there that are that are you know needing a little help a little guidance uh to get closer to to our lord uh do you mind um praying us out because i like our guests to pray us out
1: okay sure all
0: right thank you
1: okay heavenly father um just thank you thank you for this opportunity to um speak about your work in our lives and to spread the your good news to all of the listeners here on johnny's show Um, Thank you for connecting us so that um, we could use this platform to reach your people and just uh, praise you for this time that we had together and for this conversation that we were able to have. And we pray, Father, that um, these messages of hope and possibility and your faithfulness um, and your provision um, find the ears that need to hear them and that Um, You will just take this show and broadcast it as far and as wide as can be so that um, people can hear about all the good things that you are doing in our lives and for us. And we just thank you for this time together and bless each one of us as we go about through our day and bless the listeners. In your name we pray, amen.
0: Amen. Thank you, Angela. That was Angela Quintero's Mm -hmm. life coach extraordinaire mother of three boys, wife, and um, lover of Jesus Christ, and I, I am so honored to meet you. I'm so honored to talk to someone that, that lives in a farm town in California. Now I'm learning more about rural um, areas, so that is awesome. Uh, I just want to let y'all know that she is available if, um, if you are like I said, a, a lady that's going through, uh, through some items in life and you need to get closer to God and you need it to, and you need a, a woman to help you because a lot of times, uh, women and men, they don't like to open up to the opposite sex. And, you know, it's understandable cause I have a hard time opening up to my wife. So, <laughs> uh, so we'll, uh, you know, she, she's available. I'll give you the information there. Uh, just remember you know if um if you're going through life um, and you think there's a dead end there's uh there's always a, a door opening and it's uh Jesus Christ. you have to open your heart to him. He's not gonna overtake you like the enemy he's he wants to come in. He wants to be that everlasting friend that that uh, that guidance in your heart to to comfort you. I want to thank all the uh, listeners that came on uh, today, uh, the new listeners. This is not a, a recipe show. This is not a cooking show. Um, the only food I give is uh, the the uh, food of Jesus Christ. So, you know, thank you for coming up. Uh, you didn't come here by mistake. Uh, To all the diehard listeners that listen to me constantly on a daily, I appreciate you coming up. You are the glue that keeps this crazy podcast together. Uh, Again, I want to thank Angela for being on the show today. Uh, And that's all I got today. So uh, y'all have a great rest of the day. God bless you and keep you and don't have a good day. Have a great day.